Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The bottom of State Street is finally, sort of, kind of, going to become a pedestrian mall this spring, Phil. Madison officials have agreed to test the concept in the three blocks of State Street closest to UW-Madison. The idea is to block off the street now that the buses are gone and hopefully organize lots of programming like food, music, and more. If it's a success, the whole bottom half of State Street could be redesigned as a grand promenade, not unlike the Pearl Street Mall in Boulder, Colorado, with trees, public art, sidewalk cafes, mini stages, and other cool stuff. The mayor and others discussed the future of State Street at the Edgewater Hotel last week. You and I were both there. We've got some clips from that meeting, including one suggestion, that we have yoga in the middle of the street. Hey, that's not a bad idea. We're going to discuss that on today's Center Stage, the Wisconsin State Journal's political podcast from the Sensible Center of Wisconsin Politics. I'm Scott Milfred. I'm the opinion editor for the State Journal. I'm Phil Hands. I'm the editorial cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal. We are two-fifths of the Wisconsin State Journal editorial board. The less flexible (laughs) two-fifths. Have you ever done yoga? I I have. (laughs) And if they did yoga in the center of State Street, it would beautify the entire community because I have heard that watching me do yoga is the funniest thing anyone's ever seen. I am not mobile and flexible. Uh, It's hilarious to watch me try and get my legs straight or bend over. Here's a pro tip, Phil. (laughs) If you decide to do yoga in the middle of State Street, go down to Duluth Trading and get one of those T-shirts that goes way down past, you know, so you don't get any plumber butt. I've heard crack is dangerous. <laughs> Speaking of crack on State Street. <laughs> we went to a pretty cool event sponsored by Downtown Madison, Inc., which is the, I mean, there was coffee, and I drank a lot of it, and I felt great. You know what? I came in, and I bought a coffee in the gift shop there. You bought coffee when there was free coffee? I, I did guess for like five bucks. I guess I bought tacos today when there were free tacos at the office. So It was a cool event to discuss the future of State Street. It was sponsored by Downtown Madison, Inc., the business group downtown, and wispolitics.com. Cool. Did they have any finger food? They had like pastries and fruit and stuff like that, but I don't eat eat breakfast. Jason Ilstrup, who's the head of downtown Madison, kicked it off and set the stage. Jason Ilstrup, friendliest person in Madison. We're here today to talk about this very important street. The future of this street is changing, and we're going to talk about this later, but the city has an experimental closure of the State Street on the four through 600 blocks starting this summer. So thanks to DMI not just for sponsoring this event, but for really bringing some energy to this idea of making a grand promenade on State Street, an urban park, a really cool setting without buses and without any motorized vehicles. We've been pushing that as an editorial board for several years now, but it's really been something that's talked about for 50 years. State Street had a major redesign when they took the automobile traffic off of it and made it just for buses and pedestrians. 
and some people consider a state trip pedestrian mall, but there is bus traffic and emergency traffic, cabs, deliveries on it. And it'd be cool to see what it's like without any sort of motorized traffic at all. It was just for people. The other thing that happened a long time ago was Madison turned the 700 and 800 blocks of State Street into a mall that most people now call Library Mall. The interesting thing about that is nobody would ever dream of making that a street again. No. Yet some people who don't like the idea of letting pedestrians have more places to walk around downtown, they've suggested it can't work, but it it has worked on those two blocks, and That's now true. this would essentially just extend it three more. One of the panelists was Ed Freer. He's a landscape architect for Grafe. This guy was involved with the strategic plan for State Street back in the late 90s. It was that plan, he says, that allowed sidewalk cafes and other cool stuff that today we take for granted. Before the study, that couldn't happen. Didn't meet code. Wasn't allowed. No eating or drinking, no sandwich boards. It's a pretty boring place. This dramatically changed the way we behaved. And I remember getting phone calls, people saying, why are those blank buses driving by my cafe? (laughs) Now the buses are gone from the bottom half of State Street, which opens up a whole bunch of more opportunities for cool stuff to happen there. The mayor was adamant about the bus rapid transit traveling on the first three blocks of State Street, and it's going to. They're currently digging up a big chunk of State Street to make room for these new bus stations that are going in. And so that's going to be permanent there. There's going to be buses on the top top three blocks. But hopefully in the lower blocks, it'll be a more pedestrian-friendly experience. People who don't like this idea of the pedestrian mall think that those of us who are more interested in pedestrian spaces are somehow anti-bus, and that that couldn't be further from the truth. We just don't want the buses right on this most valuable piece of space in the city of Madison where people are eating, drinking, playing, and uh, trying to enjoy this this urban park. Ferrer also made a pretty good point, I think, that you need somebody to help plan programming if you're going to have a pedestrian mall. Yeah, you, you can build the nicest park in the world, but if it's, there's nothing going on there, who's going to go there? You know, Central Park, probably the most famous park in America— isn't programmed by the city of New York. There's a separate foundation that helps do the programming in that park. Ed Freer also noted that most pedestrian malls across the country have failed in the past, yet he's excited about the possibilities of expanding what we have here on State Street. Especially amongst very smart urban planners, the mayor is one of these people, you know, it's sort of in vogue to say that pedestrian malls will fail because so many of them did in the 70s and 80s. It was such a, a bad idea as a last gasp effort to, to try and save retail. But we're in a different world now where we're trying to take these streets that are retail-based and make them experience-based for a different future going forward. And it's time to think differently. And what Ed really stressed is that the concept of a meeting area, a public space where people can walk and engage with each other in a community, in a downtown setting, has been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. He talked about the history of the medieval square, the Renaissance square, the Baroque square, and then the New England common. Hey, Scott. If the square's not Baroque, don't fix it. (laughs) There's not just community benefits, he said. There's economic benefits. Books and books about open space, and it all comes back down to the quality of the open space. It's the vibrancy in these places, whether they're foreign shores or locally, San Francisco, Boston, New York, Dallas. It's the vibrancy of these spaces that are, are created by how they're detailed. 
And then the, the better the quality and the more loved these spaces are, they have, and I said I wasn't gonna talk about economics, but their tremendous impact on the economic vibrancy. So 10 to 15% more money is generated, 10 to 15% of, of more interest and in elevates the value of the real estate. I also liked what he said about the height of the buildings and the need for people to live downtown. Again, scale is so critical when you think about how we're gonna rethink State Street. We have a lot of new buildings going in. How is that bottom 30 feet? Whether the building is three feet or uh, three stories or 10 stories, it doesn't matter. It's the bottom two stories that matter. We need taller buildings downtown in Madison. And when people live downtown, the street, it's more vibrant. You can't have a living street that is an eight to five street. So I am so optimistic and so excited for the opportunities in these connections, the connections before seven o'clock, the connections after seven o'clock, the lunchtime connections. I mean, it's, it's just awesome. It's a 24-hour street if people are living there all the time. People always complain about too many tall buildings downtown. You create these canyon effects. But really, someplace like State Street, we have some pretty strict rules about sort of three stories and then a setback. Ed said he moved here because of State Street. He got married on State Street. The guy's very invested in the city. He's been he's a part of the team that's designing the new Lake Monona shoreline, for example. And Ed is the guy who said, have some flexibility. He's the guy that brought up yoga. You can see how different bumping into people can be. Whether it's a celebratory, just a wonderful experience, just sitting on a row of benches, grabbing a burrito, playing a violin, having a, a, a yeah, we know we have a phenomenal street market and a farmer's market, but why not have yoga classes in the middle of State Street? I like his message of think big. You know, the city planners kind of came up with a plan about let's market it with some flamingos and have some people down there for some events. And, and that might work, but I like Ed's idea of really thinking big here. One of the big holdups with people that say, well, why we can't have a pedestrian mall on State Street is this 20-foot fire lane that, that exists. There's a, there's a yeah. code about that. And we had a letter writer at one point say, do we need this code is this i mean is there a way to like have smaller fire trucks or smaller emergency vehicles just for state street or is there are there are there ways to think outside the box to make this work and i think it's time to start thinking outside of the box a little bit more and stop finding ways to get to know to the state street pedestrian mall one thing he stressed is that if you're going to have a public place like this a pedestrian mall you want lots of people coming down to it you need families to want to be there and that usually means that you need it to be safe. Most importantly, pedestrian zones, whether they're managed with vehicles or not, they become a place for families. And every truly successful pedestrian zone really understands and celebrates multi-generational 24-7. What do you do with the children? Well, children bring shoppers. What do shoppers want? They want to make sure it's safe for their, for their children. I can't tell you how many people I bring downtown, out of town guests through work, we're walking at 10, 11 o'clock, they go, wow, what a vibrant city. This is great. The new urbanism, Congress was here. I gave tours down State Street. Can we have the recipe? This place is great. It truly is great, but now we need to make it greater again.
we spend less time on stage than we used to when our, when our kids were really young. Part of that is because we're, our kids are more programmed than they used to be. They're in athletics and all sorts of events. Part of it is that there has been an issue of State Street not feeling as safe as it used to feel, uh, especially after the, the summer of COVID and the George Floyd protests and, the, and a lot of businesses have shut down. More homeless people have moved in. I think Paul Saw at one point was worried about what happens when a kid picks up a syringe from a heroin addict, you know, discarded on the street. And so part of the, this whole making State Street safe does involve a social services and figuring out how to help people that are struggling with addiction and homelessness who are using State Street as sort of their living room. Ed Freer also talked about the importance of being welcoming to four wheels, meaning people who are disabled, I believe, and four legs, meaning dogs. Oh, okay. I think getting rid of those curbs eventually, that obviously won't happen this summer, but I think eventually we'd like to redesign that whole half of the street without curbs. They're, they're getting rid of the curbs right now or they're putting in the with the, uh, the BRT stations. It seems like a pretty easy change, and I would think people who are disabled would applaud that because they just have easier access to everything down there. Another speaker on this panel was Mary Lang Solinger, who ran a, a business on State Street for decades from, from the 1960s until the 1990s. She was there during the protests over the Vietnam War and had some interesting, had an interesting comparison to some of the George Floyd protests we had. It was nothing like it was back in the 60s. Nothing was like it was in the good old days, Scott. When I opened up my store, things weren't quite as calm and beautiful. <laughs> they started out to be, but it was the beginning of the anti-war, uh, Vietnam War demonstrations that lasted for years on every, almost every weekend. And uh, a lot of windows were broken. But one of the things as a store owner, we couldn't get any insurance for our glass windows. And a lot of us would be sleeping in our stores over the weekends. The States was also a place where your voice could be heard. When people complain about the the uh, George Floyd movement, I just say, that was one day. But with the anti-war, um, it was a tough time. In 2020, there was sort of one day of destruction on, on State Street where mm-hmm. shops were looted and windows were broken. But it sounded like that happened just about every weekend during the 19, late 60s and early 70s with the anti-war movement. Yeah. And it, it actually killed State Street. It helped, it helped destroy State Street and, and drive people to shop at the malls on the outskirts of town. State Street has had a lot of ups and downs, but the mayor, Mayor Sachi Rhodes Conway, who has kind of, I think, begrudgingly gone along with this, but maybe coming around to a true pedestrian mall, at least on the bottom half of State Street, she really lauded generally the idea and importance of State Street. State Street is, in some ways, the heart of our community. It is the iconic thing that people think of when they think of Madison and Madison's downtown. I would say beyond Madison, I would say State Street's probably the most important street in the state of Wisconsin. Ooh, hot take. (laughs) The mayor talked about connections to State Street. I think to some degree she's talking about the BRT servicing it, that people can get there. But I think another point she's making And we've heard this from people in Madison, from communities of color in Madison, that everybody needs to feel like State Street is theirs, that they're comfortable going down there, that they're going down there to have fun, that they want to go down there. And the mayor made that point, too, which I thought was good. You know, I've been thinking more recently about the connections between State Street and the rest of the community. 
um, and I think that um, you know one of the things that that struck me um, in your talk was the the importance of people feeling safe, but of everyone feeling safe. And I think that that is a thing that, that we have fallen down on a little bit on State Street, that not everybody feels safe and welcome. Um, and that is a challenge for us. It's a connection that we need to build with the rest of the community. Maybe, I mean, that's such a, that's such a clever way of, say, of stating that because it speaks to everybody. It speaks to you know, the middle-class white families like mine who feel like there's a lot of homeless people on State Street and maybe it's not safe for our kids. But it also it sort of speaks to people from communities of color who are like, this is a space for white folks, not a space for, for us. Yeah, and she did address the homeless population, but she calls them unhoused neighbors. Our unhoused neighbors, right? That is a challenge that we have to solve in our community, not just because of humanity, but because if our business districts, our downtown are gonna be successful, it will be because we have been able to house people and get them the help that they need. You can't argue with that. We're gonna be building a modern, state-of-the-art, homeless shelter out Purpose-built by- Purpose-built shelter. Purpose-built out by uh, M- Madison College that hopefully will do what it's supposed to do, which is get more people to the services they need to the fresh start they need so that they're not homeless. And what, what was it that I, was, I think it was the owner of Ian's Pizza at one point? They were talking about building a, a large hotel uh, on State Street. People were concerned about the height. And he's like, I'm not worried about height. I'm worried about people peeing on my doorstep. Yes. I believe downtown Madison is probably the densest part of the entire state of Wisconsin. There's more people in downtown Madison than there are in downtown Milwaukee. And there's there's a lot of density in the in the area. And that's what drives, what makes State Street good. But it's going to need more of it to thrive. One of the things that they're building down there that the mayor's proud of and was something actually you wrote about years ago was the need for an inner city bus station with a parking ramp. And then that's that's down on the end of State Street there where the old post office used to be. They're going to have housing on top of that. Something like 300 units or a lot, a lot of units. And a lot of people, it seems like, who have been in Madison a long time, particularly those who live in single family homes, they kind of feel like Madison's slipping away from them. It's all these apartments and all these towers. But I think that's what a city needs to keep growing and evolving and to stay healthy. The city needs the density and retail is struggling. You know, in a post-pandemic world, people aren't going out to shop the same way they used to. I mean, if you think State Street's bad, go to one of the malls. Go to Westtown or Easttown Mall. Those places are depressing. There is just not a lot of people going out to shop. But people still want to go out for experiences. And so gearing State Street more towards experiences, which means restaurants, cafes, bars, maybe a movie theater, maybe comedy clubs, things that people go to experience is going to be the future of State Street, not necessarily brick and mortar retail shops. One comment the mayor made at the end, which I appreciated, was the idea of welcoming young people that When she was a kid in Ithaca, New York, she would go down to the Commons, which from my understanding is some sort of pedestrian mall. Yeah. And she she would hang out there with her friends. And I I do think we don't want drug dealing and homeless people and mentally ill people yelling on State Street, which has sometimes happened and scared people. But young people down there, high schoolers, that's kind of cool. And young people of any color. I remember being a... mm, somewhat unruly high school student who would take the bus from 
uh, from school down to the commons and you know kick around with my friends and uh, sort of dream of getting in trouble. We never quite got in trouble. We were a little too well behaved for that, but um, you know going to the diner and ordering French fries and nothing else and sitting there for two hours, much to the chagrin of the wait staff. Um, but I, I say this because that space was formative for me in my youth. And I think, you know, what you said about the importance of the students to State Street, um, it's not just students, right? It, we need to make sure that high school students, that middle school students from all across Madison feel comfortable and welcomed coming down to State Street to be playful, right? And to, to engage with whatever we create there. Um, and yes, probably to, to go in and order a plate of french fries and nothing else and sit there for a couple hours. Um, but I, I think that multi-generational aspect is something that I see. The teenagers on State Street are part of the entertainment, I think, and part of what makes it fun. Like if you're in from out of town and you get to see some of the odd haircuts. Have you ever seen the skateboarders by State Street Brats? doing some crazy jumps off of the statues and the oh, really? water yeah. fountains there. I, I'm sure that's not safe, but <laughs> but that's part of the, it's always kind of been the attraction of State Street is just that young vibe. Yeah, youth is, you know, invigorating and it keeps us all young to see young people having fun and doing things. And we should encourage more of that on State Street. And, you know, lots of young people, uh, while they don't aren't necessarily wealthy, they often do have some disposable income to drop at local businesses. The mayor, I thought you made a good point, which is we don't want empty storefronts. If there's empty storefronts, why not put a little pop-up shop in there? Give somebody a shot to be in there for three months while you try to rent it. There have been some landlords that have held out for the perfect tenant for years. You know, yeah. there was a the old Cosi was vacant for almost ten years. It felt like. I mean, the mayor's smart about all of this urban planning stuff. I mean, smarter than I am on it. I just hope she's buying more into this. I think we need some vision down there on that end of the State Street. There's not going to be buses anymore. So it's just three blocks of concrete. Let's do something with it. Let's have some fun. And let's really think outside the box. Think outside the flamingo? Way outside the flamingo. And have fun this spring imagining what it could be. I mean, blocking it off with some cones and hanging out for some music. Sure, that's fun. And they do that a lot, actually, on State Street. I mean, there's all sorts of great events like Mad Lit yeah. at the top of State Street. And the Farmer's Market goes down State Street, Maxwell Street days. But... Let's, let's think beyond just what we've done in the past. Yeah, when you're down there this spring or summer, and there's no buses, the people get free reign of the bottom three blocks, we're having fun. Just imagine if it was redesigned for that purpose. Purpose-built street? <laughs> yeah, as a pedestrian mall with trees and with kiosks and art. Make sure you get to State Street this summer when it's closed off. Make sure you experience it, envision what it can be for the future, and show the people of Madison, the leaders in Madison, that this is a, a block that, that everyone cares about. It's supposed to start as soon as May, blocking off those bottom three blocks. Go down, check it out. There's going to be events. I think it's going to be mostly evening and weekends. But yeah, think big and think about yoga. <laughs> Namaste. Our theme music is by the mighty Tube Tester. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.